You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. Stop struggling and learn what really works to get the body you want and keep it. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode 261. How to use food to increase your metabolism and help your body lose fat by altering your body's lean muscle to fat ratio. Topics include starvation mode, muscle versus fat, the perfect meal combination, meal timing, and more. In this episode, we're going to focus mostly on nutrition because that's the one area where there seems to be the most fitness myths out there about and the most confusion. And for some reason, it seems to be the biggest struggle area for most people. Getting workouts done are usually easy, sometimes even. For some reason, nutrition always. Now, unfortunately, when we say the word diet, most people think of restrictive eating, and that's not what diet means. Diet means what you're taking in. You can actually have a diet of book reading where you read a lot of books. So it's not diet in the way that we normally think of it. So first of all, let's Because in actuality, when you're eating the right foods and you're having a healthy diet, which means, you know, the composition of your foods, you actually get to eat a lot more than you would ever think. And definitely a lot more than if you were trying to drop weight because your healthy foods are naturally lower in calories and higher in nutrients. So you can have an abundance of them while still doing the right things for your body. And more importantly, Every time you eat, your metabolism actually speeds up a little bit to help. And that's just one of the many reasons why eating several meals throughout the day actually helps you lose body fat. Now, when your body is nourished, your energy levels are. Your metabolism will. You may have heard about blood sugar levels being important to health and to weight loss, and I know we've talked. But I'll give you a brief refresher right here. As your body starts to utilize your food and break it down, it gives you fuel in terms of blood sugar levels. And that's actually the most simplistic explanation I can think of. And the effects will actually diminish over time. Your blood sugar will be used by your bodily functions and eventually you'll have to replenish it. And this is kind of like putting fuel in a car and using it. You know, eventually the fuel gets low and the car starts to sputter and quit unless you refuel it. So your energy is going to go down if your blood sugar levels drop due to lack of refueling, which is eating. Now, for example, you might feel the effects as something like being drowsy or tired or lightheaded or dizzy. You might not even feel any hunger pangs. And that's even more importantly why you have to eat, not necessarily when you're hungry, but eat on a schedule. And it's so important to nip that in the bud and eat before you get to that point of being lightheaded, dizzy, or... The best structure for meals is to eat every two to four hours. And definitely try to not go more than five or six hours without actually eating something. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to have a full-on meal every two hours. I like to think of it more of feedings. So get these feedings divided into five to seven meals or five to seven times throughout the day. So when you think about it, 
it sounds like you're eating all the time, but you're not really. If you put it in perspective of having three meals and two snacks, then that's still five feedings, but it's not that big a deal. So of course you have your breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, and then maybe another snack. So when you look at in the course of the day, let's say your breakfast is at seven o'clock in the morning, then you can have a snack at 10, and then your lunch might be at 12 or one, and then you're gonna need that snack around three or four o'clock, and we'll talk about that later because that's really important. That's the fading time for most people. Then you'll have your dinner at six or seven, and then maybe another snack depending on your goals around eight or nine o'clock because it's not so much when you eat the foods that make them bad, because a lot of times we hear don't eat after six o'clock, and that's really not true. It's what foods you're eating and how that has to do with your body and everything else that you've eaten the rest of the day and how it all plays together. So we go back to the original part, where is your foods, when you're eating the right ones, you can have more of them. So when you're choosing the wrong foods, you're not going to feel as good. Keeping a schedule of eating every several hours throughout the day will also help your body let go of fat. It will let go more easily when you're eating throughout the day because your body will expect food frequently and it won't go into starvation mode. And starvation mode is what can really damage your metabolism and make it hard to lose weight. And this is exactly what happens during what we call the diet cycle. When your body hits this starvation mode, which is going without food for more than six hours, and you know I'm not talking about nighttime because you're sleeping then, your body doesn't have as much need for food for energy then, but when your body hits starvation mode during the day, it will actually hold onto your body fat for long-term energy, and it'll use protein stores or your muscle for its current energy needs. And you may think that sounds okay, but protein is, of course, your muscle, and your muscle is your metabolism. And the more muscle you have, the higher your metabolism will be. And that's why most men usually have a higher metabolism than women. They carry more muscle. But as women, if we increase our muscle-to-fat ratio, then we will actually have a faster metabolism and be able to eat what we want and still look great. And I know this for a fact because I've struggled with my weight almost all my life and finally found the secret, and that is having more muscle. And you know what? Once I switched that ratio, well, now it's a piece of cake, pun intended, to keep my weight where I want it to be. I really don't even think about it anymore, whereas I used to be majorly obsessed with it. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast, to help you and everyone else know that it really is doable. You just have to change the way you think and approach things and not necessarily listen to all of the different things you hear in magazines or social media or TV. It's just not always the full story. And you know what? I'm not any different than anybody else. I don't have any special metabolism or special qualities or anything like that. I just kind of kept plugging away and eliminating things and figuring out what worked and what didn't work and then use those on my clients. And then over the last 30 years, everything seems to work the same for a lot of people. So it's definitely going to work for you unless, you know, you've got some other condition or whatever. But, you know, if you're a normal person like I was, then yes, this is where you need to be focusing. 
Now back to the starvation mode. So your starvation mode goes back to those caveman days when your body was programmed to hold on to fat for long-term energy storage. And what that means is that in the caveman days, they didn't know if they were going to have food the next day, the next week, the next month. It just depended on what they found or whatever they killed that day. Um, obviously, they couldn't run over to McDonald's and they couldn't go to the grocery store either. So they weren't sure what they would have, and that forced the body to automatically learn how to hold on to fat for long-term energy because it could actually survive longer with body fat than with muscle. So it automatically deemed muscle as non-essential because that wasn't going to keep them alive for a very long period of time um, if they went without food. So this isn't even something anybody was conscious of. It's just the way things adapt over time. And again, there's a whole scientific process behind all this stuff, but I'm not going to get into that today. Just, you know, suffice to say that your body got programmed this way and we're stuck with it today. So it's very important that you understand that when you go without food for too long, your body is going to eat your muscle for energy. And you don't want that to happen because the more muscle you have, the higher your metabolism will be. So higher metabolism equals easier weight loss and easier permanent weight loss, which means you can kind of break that whole cycle of being obsessive about your weight. And it makes for much easier weight maintenance. I mean, whichever way you want to put it, permanent weight loss, easier weight maintenance, it all works out to the same thing. So we harp on that starvation mode because it's very damaging to you, to your metabolism, to your goals, and it will make fat storage easier and it will make your body gain fat more easily. Not because of the fact that it wants to hold on to the fat, but because of the fact that your metabolism is being reduced over time with all these different uh, crazy diets or too much exercise. And like anything else, your body is going to adapt to what it experiences frequently. So if it frequently thinks you're gonna be in starvation mode, it's gonna adapt by holding on to more body fat. And you see this very frequently when people do crash diets or you know the latest diet that they find um, and they lose weight very quickly. So when these people drop weight quickly, they're losing muscle, lowers the metabolism, they go back to their regular eating and they gain twice as much, not because they're overeating, but because their metabolism now is slower and their body wants to hold on to the fat. So you've got two marks against you when that happens. So you can see how it's very easily a vicious cycle, and that's why we always are saying, don't step on the scale. It's how your clothes fit and the inches that are dropping. So how does the one kind of go with the other? Because that might have seemed like a big jump. But the reason why they go together is that you don't want to drop weight quickly. You don't want to lose muscle because you want to keep your metabolism revved up all the time. And when you step on the scale, it's not telling you the true story. And it really messes with your head because it says one thing which really doesn't tell you what's happening. So your, how your clothes fit and your inches that are dropping, that tells you how your body's changing. Because it's always funny to me how people will admit that muscle weighs more than fat. But then again, they'll get on the scale every single day. And when they don't see their numbers changing... But they're still losing inches. They say, well, I'm not losing any weight. I'm not losing any weight, so I must be getting fatter. And in actuality, it's no, you're gaining muscle or at least keeping the muscle you have. On the other side of that, 
some people do end up eating a lot more. So don't assume that just because you started working out and you're not losing weight, it's because you're increasing muscle. Sometimes it can be from extra food intake, especially if you're not monitoring what you eat. Now let's just back up a second and return to the muscle weighs more than fat. And I've heard this comment before that a pound of muscle weighs the same as a pound of fat. Therefore, you can't say muscle weighs more than fat. Well, sure, but a pound of muscle takes up less space, less volume than a pound of fat. So in other terms, muscle is more dense than fat. A pound of your muscle will take up much less room in your body than a pound of fat. So would you rather be 130 pounds of lean, tight muscle or 130 pounds of fat? And do you think those two things look the same? Well, of course not, if one's more dense than the other. So most of the time when we're referring to muscle weighing more than fat, what we really mean is that if you took the same amount, for example, one cup of muscle and one cup of fat, then one cup of muscle would weigh more than one cup of fat. So for some reason, it's kind of like one of these general understandings that we seem to have until somebody gets really nitpicky about the verbiage. However, there has been research, and you know I love my research, um, that has uncovered that muscle does actually weigh more. So on average, they tested this stuff, and uh, the density of fat is 0.9 grams per milliliter, and the density of muscle is 1.1 gram per milliliter. So that sort of sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook, but anyways, all things being equal, one liter of muscle weighs 1.06 kilograms or 2.3 pounds, while one liter of fat weighs 0.9 kilograms or 1.98 pounds. So yes, muscle does weigh more than fat because the same amount of muscle at 2.3 pounds is obviously more than the same amount of fat at 1.98 pounds. So there really isn't an argument on that anymore. What's most important about lean muscle tissue, and I'm not talking about huge bulky muscles, I'm just talking about your body composition, is that it increases your metabolism and burns calories while you do absolutely nothing but exist. So yes, sitting on the couch, you're going to burn more calories. Sleeping, you're going to burn more calories. Um, isn't this kind of what we want all the time? I mean, shouldn't that be our ultimate goal? And the answer to that is Yes, because that makes life a lot easier. So the moral there is don't be tied to the scale. Don't use it as your gauge for progress. Instead, use your measurements. And I actually have a video on how to take your measurements. Um, it is, I think, on the YouTube page or it might be on uh, Quick Fit Club. Either way, I'll put a link to it here so you can find it. And when you think about doing your measurements, you can also think about the fact that if you say lose two inches on your body, that seems like a lot, isn't it? Your waist, your hips, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of circumference. But that may only correspond to one pound. So if you're looking at the scale and you're getting discouraged because it's only one pound, but you put on your favorite pair of jeans and they're really loose around the waistline, I mean, that should give you a good indication that the scale is not what you want to be looking at. And either way, you definitely don't want to be stepping on it every day. You don't need to do your measurements every day. You need to wait for time to do what it needs to do and measure once a week. Now, our goal 
is to change your metabolism by increasing your lean muscle and decreasing your body fat, of course, changing your lean muscle to fat ratio. And you may have heard about this recently. I've seen a lot of trainers doing advertisements using that exact phrase. And you know, the funny thing is I've been saying this since the 90s. Or I mean, Some of you might have just been born then or maybe not born yet. Yikes. Anyways, uh, I'm obviously not the first one to have ever said this, but it's interesting that it hasn't really been mainstream until recently, which tells me that our society really hasn't progressed very well in terms of understanding fitness, weight training, weight loss, metabolism. Um, there's too many people still looking for a magic pill or a special diet or some exercise contraption to solve all their fitness problems. So keep in mind that the goal is to alter your lean muscle to fat ratio. So doing that would give you the tone tight body you want instead of jiggly arms and a shaky belly. So in order to get more lean muscle tissue, you have to use three components. Exercise to stimulate muscle growth, nutrition to rebuild the muscle and burn fat, and your mindset to keep you on track when things aren't going fast enough and your body isn't totally made over in one day and you need to stay on track without blowing everything and completely messing up your metabolism. To prime your body for altering your lean muscle to fat ratio, we need to begin with your meal structure. You know you want to have several meals throughout the day, but what should these meals be? Each meal should contain a combination of foods. Diets that dictate don't have any carbs or don't have any of this type of food or that type of food are not going to work best. Really, anytime you rule out a whole food group, there is something not quite balance there because your body does need carbohydrates, it needs protein, and it does need some fat. It's impossible to go completely low fat or no fat because lots of foods that are healthy for us have fat. For example, oatmeal has fat, chicken breast has some fat, even fish have a little bit of fat, and there's nothing wrong with that. We need fats in our diet to keep our skin nice, and we need fats to help our body release more fat because we want the body to think that fat is not essential and it's okay to let go of it and to use it as fuel. So that's why eating throughout the day works. Your body says, hey, I'm getting food consistently. I don't have to worry about holding on to this for future survival. And so with a consistent flow of food, your metabolism kicks up and then the weight starts to come off more easily. So what actually constitutes a balanced meal, you might ask? Well, you want to have some protein and some carbs and some fats. And actually, carbs kind of go into two categories. There's starchy and fibrous, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Now, the amount of fat you would have depends on your food choices. So if you have a fatty protein like beef or even salmon, then you're not going to need a whole lot of extra additional fat in your food. But if you have a very lean protein, like a very lean steak or egg whites or chicken, then you might want to add a little bit of fat in the way of nuts or avocados or oils. Um, sometimes just cooking with it is all you need. Now, the quantity size is where most people get into a little bit of trouble, or a lot of trouble. Uh, you want to have protein that's about the size of your fist, a carb that's also about the size of your fist, and, well, the green vegetables, you can have as much as you want, and fat's a different matter. And I say the size of your fist because everyone's fist is a different size, and everyone needs a little bit more or less as far as nutrients go, and that's just an easy way to judge it. We actually get 
into that in much more detail in the weight loss workshop seminar and in my one-on-one -on -one consultations and programs because generating the specifics requires calculations based on your body weight, goal weight, body fat history, and all that kind of stuff. So if you do want or need specific nutrient and meal layouts for your goals, well, set up a consultation with me at fitnessmakeover.com. Otherwise, you might actually be able to get it all figured out right here, right now with everything I'm about to tell you. Now you probably already know what protein and carbs are and hopefully you know what a vegetable is, but if you're wondering about more specifics, well proteins um, are things such as chicken, fish, lean beef, turkey, egg whites, these are your high quality proteins. High quality carbohydrate examples are things that you've probably been told to actually avoid, starches, grains such as oatmeal, potatoes, sweet potatoes, rice, and those are really natural good things to have. It's just the quantities that mess everybody up. Now bread is often a carbohydrate. Well, it is a carbohydrate, but it usually gets a bad rap. And it's really just because it's not very nutrient dense. And there are some brands out there that are a good combination of nutrients and they actually are okay. But there's a lot of bread that's just kind of a, a waste of nutrients if you're trying to change your body fat ratio. If you're just eating for regular weight maintenance, then a lot of times there's just no issue. And if it's just something that you enjoy once a week, then again, it shouldn't be a big deal when you have your metabolism set right. Now, does it make some people gain weight easily? Yes, but again, the main issue is it's not very nutrient dense and we wanna get the most nutrients from our foods as possible when you're trying to alter your body. So when eating to change your lean muscle to fat ratio, you want to choose those foods with the most nutrients that gives you the biggest bang for your buck, which they're also the ones that are going to give you more food to eat. And these are ones that are going to make you feel better, help you burn fat, lose weight, and give you more energy. And if you have more energy, then it's easier to do those workouts along with your chores, work, and everything else you have to do that day. Now I mentioned vegetables and we want to go mostly for the green vegetables, the ones that are very fibrous because these are going to fill you up and add to the slowing down of your blood sugar release and that is very important for a weight loss program. They also will serve as a natural diuretic so if you tend to hold water then it's even more important that you get these foods into your diet regularly. Now, when I create nutrition plans for my clients, they're usually surprised at the amount of carbohydrates they can have. Carbohydrates are definitely misrepresented in the diet and weight loss world. They are not evil. They're important to your brain function and to fat burning. The only problem comes when carbs are eaten by themselves because they will increase your blood sugar levels very rapidly, which is not what you want. You want sustained blood sugar levels. Nice and steady is what lets your body release fat for energy. So carbs, starchy or sugary, will be digested very quickly and spike your blood sugar levels and then drop them quickly too. And when you hit that low in the afternoon, usually around three or four, and you just kind of want to fall asleep, that's usually a sign that your blood sugar is running down. You're running out of fuel. And here's the interesting part. When carbs are eaten with a protein, it makes all the difference in the world because the protein slows the absorption of the carbohydrate for a more even keel blood sugar level. 
Now, when you throw in a vegetable, which is that fibrous carbohydrate, along with the regular carb or starchy carb, we might call it, and your protein, that changes even further. The slow absorption means you have longer energy, more stable blood sugar levels, and that's what you need in order to let go of body fat. So yes, is there a good proper meal structure? Protein, carbs, fats. Carbs coming in the form of starchy and fibrous. And obviously it's really important that they're all together. Now we're attacking fat loss from all different angles using food. We're feeding the body frequently so it realizes it doesn't need the body fat to live and can let go of it. We're portioning the meals in the right amounts of protein, carbs, and vegetables so that your body will have stable blood sugar levels allowing your body to let go of fat. And once again, when doing the right plan, you're going to eat more while speeding up your metabolism and enabling your body to hold on to lean muscle tissue and lose fat, therefore changing your lean muscle to fat ratio and your metabolism for permanent weight loss. So how do you use all of this information? Well, the first thing would be to not step on the scale. And the second thing would be to start looking at your meal structure. Are you eating frequently? Are you eating every three to five hours at the most? Are you eating meals that have proteins, carbs, meaning starchy and fibrous, and some fats? How are your meal structures? Are you really balancing them out? So if you really want to see major changes in your body, you need to monitor what you're eating and what time you're eating because meal structure is just as important as meal timing. In the next episode, we're going to talk about diet myths, which fast foods are better bad choices, and how food labels fool you. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com. <laughs>